I'm talking into the snowball. Snowball. This is Design School. Do you have the snowball? Yeah. Okay. So, you wanted to know how this got started or mm -hmm. what are we doing here? What was the inception? I don't remember what the inception was. Didn't start with me, that's for sure. So, so I wanted you. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, couple of, a couple of months ago at uh, PLU, we did a... Um, some sort of what was it uh app and wine and cheese thing for the staff and the faculty and someone had recommended a um an app called i'm gonna have to look it up podcast addict and the um so i started downloading all sorts of different audio pieces and and Obviously, one of them was Debbie Millman's Design Matters, and there were some other ones. And Chad, you've listened to podcasts. Yeah, I'm a. I listen to 99PI every week. 99% mm -hmm. Invisible. It's amazing. So after that, I was thinking, man, what would, that that would be awesome. You know, you get to hear like all these amazing people and what have you. But the problem is, is that. You never get to hear the person that really is listening to this wondering, how the hell did they really do it? Or mm -hmm. can I really make it? Or what, these are my fears. This is what I'm worried about. This is what I do. Will I make it? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So I talked to Chad about it. And I said, let's do a podcast about not the famous people, but the people who will eventually be famous. <laughs> the people that are at the beginning of their career. Yeah. People that are listening to these podcasts, hoping and, and have aspirations. And um, so, yeah, so that's how we got started. And you are our first one. You are episode one. Thanks. Sam Hosman. Yeah. How's it feel? Scary. <laughs> Just go from there. Please ask questions. I would say that's kind of the yeah. fun part, too, mm -hmm. is that here we are, two people that, I mean, you know fairly well and but also, you're out of you're out of school now. So, what what is it that you want to know about the design world? So, don't think about this very moment. Yeah, of, I'm know, like, like you have wow. to have a question. Okay. Well, I will try my hardest to be a good interviewee. Good. Now, South Dakota, how many uh, miles away is that from PLU? Um, I don't know how many miles it is, but it's an 18, 19 hour drive to the Midwest. So it's pretty far. <laughs> And what brought you to PLU? Uh, my father went to the University of Washington, and I wanted to go to school back in Washington. Um, and so I looked at a bunch of different schools, and PLU seemed like a good fit. It was small, um, had a good campus, and they had a great scholarship, so I decided to come. <laughs> Money talks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's how I ended up at PLU. Yeah. 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 So I, that's how I that's how I ended up uh, where I went to school too. I think uh, money certainly plays a factor, and um, regardless of the curriculum and what have you, if you can afford it, you will go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, what was your major at PLU, and how did you end up there? Well, I I was interested in a lot of things in high school. So, when I looked at PLU, I thought, oh, they have a good music program, and they also have communications. So. Sounds like a good fit. So I came to PLU as a music major. Learned very quickly that that wasn't going to pan out very well. <laughs> Mostly because I, I liked it more as a hobby than as a, an actual job or what have you. So I switched to communication and did that and then discovered graphic design along the way, actually. And I was originally planning on being a communication major and doing graphic design as a minor. But when I was abroad for my junior year in Denmark, I switched it up because I realized I loved graphic design too much so eventually I graduated with a graphic design degree so you saw the error of your ways <laughs> the running joke is that Chad yeah. is is a fake designer what was it that you called yeah, you're a faux designer you're a faux designer <laughs> yeah. my favorite. but my story was very similar except I came to PLU for English instead of music found communication and then found design but i wasn't as brave as you were <laughs> couldn't take the plunge no 
I'm taking it now. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyways, um, since you were mentioning in your junior year that you studied away in Denmark, um, studying away really played a big part of the person you are today. Um, tell us about the difference in your education here at PLU versus when you were abroad. Oh, gosh. I think it was just nice to to take classes that PLU didn't offer. I think that was the biggest thing. Um, and to take them from a different perspective. So when I was in Denmark, I took um, an information design studio course um, and a pre-architecture foundations course. And it, I don't know, it was, it was great to have a different professor to teaching you. It was great to have different peers in the classroom that can help you and you can kind of bounce ideas off of, which was really nice. Um, I think it's good. I mean, I loved PLU for its small class sizes and you kind of know every person that you're in class with. Um, but it was nice to kind of break away from that and be out of your comfort zone and um, be challenged by new people in the classroom, which I thought was really important. And how do you think you did now that you're at least a couple of months out from it? How I did with school mm -hmm. or yeah. with <laughs> well, these choices that you made? Yeah. You know? Oh, um, I don't have any regrets of the choices I made. There was probably choices that I could have made better, but like what? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, it's kind of a catch 22 because I'm the type of person that's interested in a lot of things. So I would go back and forth beating myself up about not committing as much to design as I probably could have. On the other hand, I'm interested in so many things and design comes from life. It comes from everything that you're doing. So maybe I don't regret that I didn't devote as much time to design because I was building up my design vocabulary, I guess, of all these different things that I was interested in that would then probably influence my design later in life or now or whatever. So I really feel like your studying away helped change the type of designer that you would have become if you were to stay here and then decide to change to become a graphic design major. Um, I think you would have been a different person as opposed to mm -hmm. studying away and getting classes like uh, beginning architecture, or, mm -hmm. um, a foundation in architecture, um, exploration of Danish and Norwegian um, designs, and mm -hmm. European designs, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I loved going to a liberal arts school where you took a whole bunch of classes that were not design classes, but I think study abroad because I was taking so many design classes it was kind of like I was going to design school and I was kind of forced to be in a an artistic bubble 24 7 which I think was really good um so it was it, I feel fortunate that I was able to experience both sides of education in that way so throughout that process what do you feel were the most challenging parts or projects that you ever dealt with that contributed the most to those growth, that growth or most memorable moments. Yeah. Um, I mean, at PLU, it was definitely my capstone, I think, is what was a big, a really big project that pushed me a lot. Uh, I don't know. There was just so many different components to my big project that I did at the end of my school time at PLU. And, um, it just took a lot of energy, it took a lot of planning, um, uh, a lot of time management, um, a lot of crying, <laughs> but I think at the beginning of my project I didn't really know what I was doing and I was kind of just doing things to do them and not really like planning and seeing ahead what the, the steps that I was doing and how that could influence later in the project and by the end I was really kicking myself because I thought, oh, I should have thought about this at the beginning or I should have... Um, I should have been more conscious of my time. Um, but again, no regrets. It happened and I finished it and I think it was fairly successful. So at PLU that was probably my, the big changing moment, um, which is funny because that happened right at the end. But um, what moment? The moment that I, um, I don't know, I accomplished a really big project by myself. I think that, and realizing that all, everything that I did was there in front of me. And yeah, it took eight months to do, but it's done. Or it's to the point where it's okay that it's done. I mean, it's never really finished. <laughs> but um, yeah, 
so that was that was PLU. And then when I was in Denmark, I decided to take an architecture class because I was crazy, and that was really challenging because there's a huge learning curve with students who had already taken architectural studio courses and drafting, and I had to learn everything. But I liked that. I liked that I was challenged to do something that I've never done before. And I might not do again, and that's fine, but I think it's good to be pushed out of your comfort zone. So, Do you feel that PLU pushed you enough out of your comfort zone? Yes, but I think PLU provided like the foundation for me to do that. I don't think it it gave me it. I think it, it, it had the resources for me to be pushed, and I chose to take them through internships, through extra work, through leadership positions, which I think is good because then I wasn't like handed my education just like on a platter. I think I had to do a lot of heavy lifting on my end, which is good. Um, I think it's interesting that none of those things you mentioned really involved like the academic curriculum. They were all extracurriculars. Yeah. Or co-curricular. Yeah, co-curricular. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What do you think about that? Or I guess what I'm getting at is like, how did you feel about your curriculum that you had to go through, not just to get like your design degree, but the liberal arts portion of it well as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. The university requirements. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that I went to liberal arts school because taking all of these classes, I think, influenced how you make design decisions and where you draw inspiration from. And yes, I mean, I was definitely pushed in my design classes at PLU, but I think I was pushed even more in classes that I probably will never study again, like anthropology or English or science or, um, I mean, I'm never going to do it again, but it's, it's important to have those classes because like I said, it, you draw inspiration from it. And yeah. I think that that's, what's really important about going to a liberal arts school. Going on that same vein, um, what did you find most useful class-wise or textbooks or yeah. projects or clubs? I mean, I can think of design textbooks that I still use. And I mean, even from design one that you had, I mean, Robert Bringinghurst is always a book that I have with me all the time. Non-design books, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Last summer, I took an ecology class for my science requirement. Um, it was a little ridiculous, but the, the textbook that they gave me did like a... Um, it talked about like different species of insects and animals and whatnot and then it talked about like i mean their habitat their their way of life or whatever and it, i don't know it it was it was interesting to read because it, again things that i had not known before or had forgotten from high school and uh i think eventually that'll end up coming into my design somehow through like plants or animals or i don't know that's a sorry that was a bad answer <laughs> I, I honestly don't know um I think I mean I have the textbooks I keep I've kept all almost all the textbooks that I had from college but I think because I just graduated I haven't really thought about it yet so I can't really how about friends or particular classes that you took or what about them oh mean? I mean are, are there any of those that you find that were significant for you? Mm. Um, I mean, all of them in some way. I mean, I I was a part of Impact at PLU, the um, student-run advertising firm. Um, and my last year, I was the art director for that. And I think that was a really good position to be in, especially as a senior, because I was doing a lot of management and overseeing and planning, which I think is very important to design that a lot of designers don't realize um and designing is so much more than just sitting down at your computer and getting things done or you know pixel punching uh so i think that was really important for me um also being in media lab i think i did a lot of different things other than just graphic design i mean videography photography some writing um again all very important things for designers to know that is not just graphic design. Um, so I think being a part of things like that made me a well-rounded designer and not just like a 
don't know what what is it that you you've called them before like um not robots but well, w students who might go to design school or go to a program and all they learn to do is one thing and they or maybe that was my architecture professor in Denmark saying that like it's important not to go to a program that forces you to like oh like a monkey that's what she called them like the, the design monkeys that like they'll just we're sit at their computer and they won't do anything else and they'll be just as good as the person next to them and the person next to them and the person next to them and I didn't want to be that you know yeah I often use um training trained monkeys or cookie cutters yeah yeah cookie cutters yeah yeah what is a trained monkey and a cookie cutter <laughs> well I think Sam described the trained monkey mm -hmm. where um, it's you give them one project and they all turn out the same thing each time mm -hmm. uh, and the cookie cutter is um, in the reference in which I use it in class it's where a um, portfolio looks the same no matter what the um, the project or the students interest or, or what have you it's mm -hmm. the, the faculty member or the school requires you to have X pieces X piece X design and it all looks the exact same and I think that I think that's fine for some people but I think that really hinders creativity and the amount of things that people want to do and diversify and mm -hmm. stuff like that so for instance for you um, you are such outside of any sort of cookie cutter or trained monkey <laughs> I mean you know just like everyone else how to do certain things on Illustrator or InDesign Mm -hmm. um, and so forth but the way that you approach it because of your experiences because of Denmark because of impact because of your anthropology class because of your yeah. ecology class it, it's helped to um, bring in a new thought process and and I try not to I, I don't know the two of you could probably answer it better I try not to say that that is a bad thing that mm -hmm. if you come up with something different than what I thought that's okay now let's build from there into something else that's if you're going to take that road let's do something great with that road mm -hmm. as opposed to other faculty members that might say no that's not what i wanted now do it this way and get you back onto the road mm -hmm. that's my take of it yeah 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 uh, where i work now we often refer to differentiation between algorithmic and heuristics so a, cook, words. A, cook, yeah. a cookie cutter taking a very algorithmic approach like they were taught to do a then b then c mm. in a very specific order yeah. versus somebody who takes a heuristic approach kind of looks at the elements puts them in context and then applies whatever is relevant to come up with mm -hmm. it in the right way and i think that kind of language is going to stick with me for a while yeah. so do you think there is ever a time that it's okay to be alg algorith algorithmic yes like abc mm -hmm. yeah and can you give like an example of that um well I, I would say there's there's certain times when you have to be algorithmic it's almost you know i mean if you think of like the design process if you think of um you know creating graphic standards around something right you are going through a heuristic process to then let it operationalize in mm. a somewhat algorithmic manner right yeah because okay, that's that how you rem sense. remain consistent and so mm. it just to me it's which end of that process would you rather be on would you rather be on the front end or yeah the back end mm. so and for me yeah. sometimes you know it depends on the client when i was your age you know i wouldn't have to take a client on that i probably would not have right now but um you know the money was good and i needed to get X brochure and there wasn't anything creative it was kind of plug it into this template and that's the end of it and so mm -hmm. it's plug it into the template and hand it over um, if there was depending on the clients you know if I hadn't built enough relationship with them they may be accustomed to doing it a certain way but then giving them a little bit of an example you know stepping out of that box is breaking that algorithm mm -hmm. um, to show them well here's another idea here's another way of thinking about it some are um, amenable to that some are not and you learned that there's there's a time and a place for you just to be you know in in that cookie cutter 
And then there's a time and a place where you either say, no, I don't want to be in it. And um, let me give you an example or just walk away from the project. Yeah. Um, or don't take the project on to begin <laughs> with. Yeah. I've learned that one the hard way. Yeah. Sam, what's one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known or learned sooner? Um. Things about life or things about design? I mean, there's a lot of things that I wish that I would have known about life. Ooh, but... Let's take the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Whichever Which one comes to you first. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned before, it's all interrelated. Like, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Oh, gosh. You guys ask difficult questions. It's so early. I can't think about this. No, just... um... <laughs> take another swig of the coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, okay, design. Um... You know, let's take the path. I suppose. I'll answer the question. Yeah, you go for him? No, 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 not for <laughs> him. <laughs> it's like, God knows what he knows. I think that's cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you go first, Chief. Okay. Um, so, what, what was the question? <laughs> uh, what's What's one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known or learned sooner? Um, for me, right now, it would be that I could have loosened up a bit. I didn't have to take myself so seriously. Or life, perhaps, that so seriously. Naomi likes to say that I um, I was born as an adult. And <laughs> it's somewhat true, I think. I, I think I uh, always thought of myself a little bit older. And I've always wanted to be older. And so thinking now I'm in my 30s and thinking of what I was like in my 20s or in my teens, I think I could have been a little bit looser, but um, but I too don't have regrets on, on the decisions that I made, but I wish I could have gone back and said to myself, hey, you know what? You can relax a little bit. It's not going to be... Not everything's a mortgage payment. You know? yeah. <laughs> not everything is taxes, yeah. you know, high stress level. Um, there are things out there that you can have fun with. Well, but there's another side to that, right, too, because you 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 were able to become a professor very young, probably because of those reasons, right? Oh, oh definitely. So yeah, would yeah. you be doing what you're doing today? If or, I had loosened up? Yeah, if you wouldn't have made those decisions. No, I, I don't think so. I think that who I am today is because of the choices that I made, the choice to be kind of the adult that a little kid, yeah. as a little kid, um, yeah to push myself I've always been heavily driven um, and I don't know yet whether that's a good thing or not I guess we'll find out at the end of my life whether <laughs> I should have been that driven or not yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, design wise design wise I think that's a harder question for me to answer I feel like I am still learning so much about design um, especially now the, the the interesting thing about teaching design and as you said, teaching it at a young age is that I feel like I continuously learn and grow each year from the designers. Um, whereas I'm stuck in this loop of, I continuously see students at the same ages, 18 to 22, and I get to experience the exact same kind of trials and tribulations each time. And I learn a little bit. So it's almost like I'm doing my own Groundhog Day. <laughs> where I know the freshman class is going to have this issue, but then every once in a while there's one of them that I can say the right thing, and boom, it moves them forward a little bit further. And that then allows me to grow a little bit and then take that back into the classroom and do that again to the freshman and hope to, boom, get a little bit more out of them. But the students continue to grow past that. So Sam, for instance, is now a senior, or graduate and he will continue to grow on while i am still in that cycle of 18 to 22 18 to 22 um, design groundhog day design groundhog day yeah yeah, yeah. and that's going to be difficult uh, i would imagine that 10 years from now what is it going to be like for me to have taught for 20 years yeah <laughs> How about you? Have you thought of it yet? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, 
for design, I think when I was a first year, I didn't, I mean, you're so young. I mean, I'm still so young and there's still a lot that I do not know and that's okay. But as a first year, I, I didn't really understand the impact that design could have or like the choices that you make could influence someone. I didn't, I didn't understand that. I just thought about, oh, well, I'm making this look pretty or I'm making this look nice that someone will want to touch and that's that and that's that's the end of it. But I think now that I've graduated it and done a lot of like reading and research, it design just has so, so much power that people don't realize and I think that's something that I wish I would have known deciding to become a graphic designer back as a first year or sophomore whenever I declared or whatever. But um, so there's that. And then for my life, <laughs> um, I, I kind of agree with you, JP. I think I, I think I'm a pretty driven person and I think I'm pretty, I get stressed out really easily and I wish I didn't. Um, but again, like you, I, I don't know if I'd be where I would be now if I wasn't as worried about everything I was doing and working really hard, but I, I like to think that hopefully it'll pay off one day. This will be the clip that they play when you're famous. <laughs> I hope it'll work oh. out someday. You know, and actually that's another... W one more thing. That's another thing about being a designer that I think is really important. Knowing... So something that I know now is don't do design if you want to be famous. The, the, the ones who become famous for being graphic designers don't decide. Let's... I'm going to do this so that someone can notice me and I'm going to, you know... Do it, do it for yourself and not because you want to get the notoriety for it or because you want to be noticed for it. I think it's, that's not why you should be doing graphic design if you are, so, but. I like that. Mm -hmm. Well, you've had like six, eight weeks since you've graduated? Yeah, like six. Six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um. So that transition has, has come, the transition is, is still kind of fresh in your mind, I would say. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Is there anything that um, you feel different about that shift from being a student to a, uh, a genuine designer now? Nope. <laughs> I still feel like a student, and I think I'll probably feel like a student for a really long time. But I think that's good. I think you should always feel like you don't know everything because you don't and um and what does yeah. a student feel like uh hungry to learn and knowing that you don't know everything and i think um i mean of course like when you when you graduate you should have a level of maturity and understand like what it means to be a professional in the design world but um yeah it it's also new right now i I don't really feel any different yet. So ask me again, maybe like in a couple months and I might change my mind. <laughs> Did you ever feel like that, Chad? Did, what do you, because you're, you're in a, Sam's on a similar path like you when mm -hmm. you graduated. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know, the Sam and I are extremely similar in a lot of ways in that when I graduated and I was looking for work, um, I also continued working on campus at school throughout the summer while I was continuing that search, um, which I'm really thankful for in hindsight. But at the same time, like at this pivotal moment, um, like it makes it really hard to transition out of that um, because your surroundings are still the same. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember feeling that it was just, it was really hard for me for a while because all of a sudden, like, all of these people around me were going their separate ways. They were, it felt like they were moving on and doing what we came here to do. And it was finally realizing. And I was, even though, like, I was doing my own thing and I, I felt stuck for a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, but I eventually came out of it. I eventually got a job. Um, and when I, came out of school the 
economy was really in a hard position, so it was really difficult. So um, I was just happy at that time to be doing, using what I learned, what I was doing, um, and that I was able to pay my rent every month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, but it it took, I mean, I don't think it was finally until I left that job and um, even, well, even moving from campus to like downtown Tacoma, like it's in the same city, but it's like two completely different places. And so Mm -hmm. once I was able to get in there and um, it shifted my mindset a little. And now that I'm, you know, what, four years away from that, I can definitely see, um, I don't feel that way anymore. I, I don't feel that my peers are moving on without me or anything like that i think um yeah i have this uh memory of i think it was two years ago was it is that when you were working on art at work month uh it was the summer after my freshman year first year so, th- me, so. three three, so three summers ago three summers ago anyways three summers ago which seems like a lifetime yeah yeah, I remember wow, sitting was... in the saxophrage office with you. <laughs> um, it was fairly late at night. You were working on the Tacoma Arts Month oh or Art at Work um, at the time, the brochure, and I was helping kind of uh, figure some things out. And I asked you a question um, that I had heard from Chad, surprisingly, right here. <laughs> I had heard from Chad that you new music you were an aficionado of music that you loved music and i thought chad was the one who really loved music and he was like no no compared to sam um he's the one that loves it and i asked you what was that song that you first heard as a kid that really um, made you realize that you loved music do do you remember that conversation how did you feel about that kind of uh, conversation or having those types of conversations um, as a student to a faculty member or about other things related to your passions and what yeah um for me i think i I really enjoyed it but it's also really hard because i think i'm i i'm really bad at being introspective and thinking about what i really want um i think it's a really hard thing to do for everyone, but especially for me. Um, so I, I like when people ask me those questions. Like even this interview, I think it's good for me to do because it kind of solidifies what I think, or it solidifies what I believe. Um, and even if I say something and I look back and say, oh, I actually don't believe that. I think it's good to realize that because sometimes I think I just talk to talk and I don't really realize what I'm saying. So I think it's good to like that but yeah no I remember that conversation very well because I said what I I think I said Guster Mm -hmm. I said my parents love Guster and I remember listening to it as a kid and what did I say like not the new Guster the old Guster and of course (laughs) you were like what oh my gosh this kid is really young um yeah and you you said a Blondie song I did yeah 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 no I remember that very well yeah and I'll, I mean, I love music so much, and I think that really influences a lot of my design. Um, even just sparks creativity, because I'm listening to music all the time. So, but What kind of music do you like to listen to when you design? I'll, I mean, a lot. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of different stuff. Um, I'm always, like, crafting Spotify playlists, so... Um, Right now, I'm listening to a lot of Icelandic music, actually, because there's a music festival, Icelandic Airwaves, that is happening in the fall, and so I've just been listening to the bands that'll be there, but um, sometimes I like to listen to music that's not in English, because I think it helps me focus more on design than on, like, singing with the song, (laughs) which I think happens a lot, Um, yeah, and right now, where I work, um, I have to close the door a lot, I think, because I listen to music pretty loud, and I think it annoys a lot of the, the people that are around me, which are all people who work for KPLU, and they, <laughs> I've gotten some some looks before, so but it helps me, yeah. So that's okay, I guess. I find that I have to um, I have to listen to music without words to it, and um, I think if I'm doing a, a repetitive task, 
I can listen to some music with words. And the thing that I found useful these days is to kind of hit the, uh, I use Google All Access, and so it's to hit the kind of random button and see what comes up. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's some interesting things that, that pop up from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Um, I would, It depends on what I'm doing is what I listen to. Um, it's funny that we're talking about this right now because it was just on Friday um, on our company, Bob, had posted uh, my thoughts on an article that was on Fast Company about... Um, whether music actually improves productivity <laughs> and, the, and so what did the article say uh the article broke it down and was just essentially uh, resonates with a lot of what you guys have already said is that um for really like intense or high um mind processing tasks um music without words tends to work better versus things that are very um like repetitive so like things like data entry or just kind of you know like things you can do like on repeat or whatever um higher intensity music that can have words and that has more energy tends to work a lot Mm -hmm. Um, and so i'd say that resonates for me i mean i mentioned like my go-to thing like when i really need to focus and do something that's really intense my go-to has always been philip glass and especially as the hours soundtrack and there's just it's almost like i've trained myself since i was in high school to like when when i'm listening to that that is like it's time to work um but it you know but that's also his style of music is it's extremely repetitive it slowly builds and it kind of just disappears in the background so yeah i've been doing so many more blogs driving and uh when i run that um one of the ones that I like listening to is All Songs Considered, and they do little bits and snippets from different ones. Mm-hmm. And yesterday's was about a orchestra that uses stethoscopes to get the beat of the the pacing of the music. So they do it based off their own hearts. So mm-hmm. I, And it sounded great because you would imagine that I'm sure that your heart is beating a little bit different than, than my heart and your heart and and so forth and so um it did sound good when they played it i'm like wow i'm impressed yeah i don't know if i could do that or or (laughs) focus enough to do two things at the the same same time time. yeah wow (laughs) so so besides music um i guess jp and i always talk about as books we're reading or things as other sources Mm -hmm. that we get inspiration so i was curious as to what books are you reading and what books that you've read that have stuck with you? I mean, I know you talked about Robert Bringer's The Elements of Typographic Style as one, which is right behind you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, Four <laughs> copies I made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, But, I mean, I'd say some of the most impactful books for me are fiction, oftentimes, not necessarily as much like reference or design books, per se. So I was just curious mm. if you had any notable ones. Yeah. Um... I mean, when someone asks me what my favorite book is, I always say um, East of Eden by John Steinbeck, which, again, is a fiction book. Um, But I always love John Steinbeck, and I don't know, again, if that'll... One day it'll probably influence me some way, probably um, not directly, but that's always been my favorite book. Right now I'm I'm reading two books. I'm trying to get through... (laughs) The uh, the sun also rises by Ernest Hemingway because I'm I'm trying to read a whole bunch of books that I told myself that I was going to read in college and I never did so um, a bunch of classics and Ernest Hemingway is a horrible writer and it's so hard to get through <laughs> because <laughs> it's just so bland and I don't know but again it's good to push myself out of my comfort zone so <laughs> trying to get through that and then um, I was in Portland two weeks ago and of course went to Powell's and picked up some design books and one of them was Artwork which mm, is yeah the big uh, bright orange, orange one yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's all about um, how to survive as a um, art professional and understanding like how to write contracts and um, how to pace yourself um, I don't know just a, a lot of like little tidbits and tips about being a professional as an artist and 
I've just been like scanning through that and it's been good. Um, and then thirdly, a book that I finished like my last month of college um, was Design as a Job. Um, and that was actually a friend, Taylor Cox, who had given it to me. So this is a great book. You have to read it. Um, and again, that's a really short book that I really, really like because it's a lot like artwork where it's, it's talking about how to be a design professional um, and what you, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Um, and it's very, very funny and a lot of humor, which I think, I, I mean, I really like. I feel like I'm still 12 years old and I like potty humor. So, and there's a lot of it in the book. So I think that's, that's really fun. It's interesting. Um, I just looked it up and I thought, man, that sounds really familiar. I remember the two of you seeing mm. or bringing it in and seeing the book. Um, but Mike has a, uh, the, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Montero. Mm-hmm. Montero. Yes. He has a podcast called um, Let's Make Mistakes. I think that's what it's called. Yep, let's make mistakes on Mule Radio, and it's an interesting podcast that that he does, and kind of the inspiration uh, for this one because he does have this just kind of clear, dry humor to, yeah. to him, and he has a uh, a co-host that um, is a little bit younger in her career, and they talk about just all sorts of interesting, random things, and mm-hmm. he had brought up the book. Um, I think in this last last podcast, and so I was like, "Oh, I should check that out." So now I'll now I'll definitely put it on my list. Yeah, good, good. Um, and then another another book that I just ordered actually that I haven't read yet is called Cadence and Slang, and it's um, it's a user experience book. Um, I recently had a discussion with. Um, a designer called David, who's the studio manager at um, the Design Commission, which is a design branding digital firm in Seattle. And um, I asked him, or I told him that I don't really have a lot of experience with digital design and I want to understand it more. Do you have any resources, any books that you'd recommend? And he said that Cadence and Slang was a really a really good book to start with. Um, and so, and that's what I'm excited to read next, I guess. Cool. But, is he the same guy that arranges all the Creative Morning Slacks in Seattle? Mm-hmm. I thought his name sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've heard me say this before. Um, it's a quote by Bob Dylan. <clears throat> Bob. Artist is... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, Bob Dylan. Bob. Have you ever listened to him sing? Never mind. Yeah, but I've never heard him... Oh, he just like has that really kind of voice, you know. I think it's a little bit more high pitched than that. Well, you would know okay. better than that. I mean, okay, what? <laughs> it's fine. Anyways, okay. So the quote, <laughs> the quote is: "Artists are in a constant state of becoming." Do you feel that that makes sense to you, or how would you interpret it? Let's start it again. How would you interpret a constant it? state of becoming? I would interpret that as like you're always learning, you're always you you always think that you've hit a point where you're a good designer and then you realize like oh you can be better than that. You hit a point, oh wait, I can actually be better than that. And you're you're kind of working towards a moving target because you'll never be a perfect designer because and you shouldn't be, you know, because you should always be learning. And that's I mean that's what I see it as. You're constantly running towards a goal that you'll never reach, mm-hmm. which it's a little morbid, I guess, but I don't know. I think it's good to realize that because it always pushes you to, to be one step better than you were before. And does this resonate with you? Do you feel that this quote can speak to you in some way? Um, yeah, and not just for design. I think in a lot of different ways. I mean, realizing that you still have a lot to learn and that you can be better and you can work harder and in design, but then also just in life, <laughs> um, like the little mundane tasks or being a better friend, being a b- better brother. Um, I don't know. I think you can apply it to whatever you want and it would fit. Like you interpret it as 
constantly learning and you'll never really achieve it i guess now that you're exiting academia which is a very like formal learning environment Mm -hmm. what (laughs) what will you continue to learn and explore now that 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 you exit yeah um or that you want to yeah (laughs) yeah. well it's funny because i i remember um spencer evan gay he told me that now, like now that you've graduated, the real learning begins, which I think is really a good. I mean, I, I totally agree with, um, and I think a lot of what I will learn now is. I don't know. I think. I mean, I'll learn from the jobs that I take. I'll learn from personal projects that I'll take on. I'll learn from what I read. I'll learn from. Do you do you think you're ready for those things that you're talking about? When no. you had, like taking oh, on extra jobs. No, no, I but I have to do them. I mean, I don't think I'm ready, but I I mean, well, maybe I don't know. Why don't you think you're ready? I. Well, it's not that I don't think I'm ready. I think it's, I mean, but. This is how every design student I feel like feels like when they graduate. They don't think that they're good enough, you know, and. But I think it's still important to take on jobs that push you even if you you're not ready um when i was talking to david at the design commission he said that one of the one of the things that one of piece of advice that he would give was um choose jobs that always make you a little bit frightened to go into work because (laughs) um he's like because if it doesn't frighten you then you're not being pushed hard enough I mean, he's like, realize that there are some things that you, like, you won't be able to do, and that's, like, you should realize that, but you should really be pushed when you are working, because otherwise, then, you're not going to become a better designer, and you're not going to contribute um, as much as you probably could have, so. And what kind of design are you afraid of right now? Anything digital, mostly because I just haven't had a lot of experience with it, um, and I've been trying to do a lot of reading on it um, and d- taking on personal projects that I am forced to like design for mobile, design for web. Um, but I think just because I haven't a lot of experience with it. But again, that's fine. I'll just, I'll work hard at it and hopefully become better. Not amazing. I don't really expect to become amazing, but enough to where I feel comfortable that when I'm in a position where I might have to contribute to something in those in that way that i kind of semi know what i'm doing or i'm able to fake it and it still looks okay so <laughs> i love the swagger when you said that i'll just what? somewhat fake it oh. <laughs> fake it till you make it <laughs> fake it till you make it chad you have a lot of good little rhymes like that <laughs> do you i don't know do i you do do you remember the other one uh that i use all the time yes i don't know I have so many. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. There's one that you said to me that I think you've said to a friend of ours before when she's feeling down or Chad says sometimes he's just got to sit in the shit. I I stole that from Angie at PLU. She she used to be at the D Center. I don't know if she's still there. Yeah, she's still there. Yeah. Yeah. I I stole that from her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, when you're at uh, RA training or whatever the like, the leadership training was before yeah. school started, she gave up there and she gave a talk about sitting in the shit. And it really stuck with me because it's so true. Like right now, Sam, you are sitting in the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I felt like I sat in the shit for four years, well, three years, and then it finally paid off. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going back to sit in the shit. So... <laughs> And sometimes that's good. Yeah. 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 Thinking of... Somebody I used to work with told told me I used to talk in mantras too much. Really? Yeah. Like, I always (laughs) had, like, these little, like, one-off things that I would say that would... Wise Chad. Yeah. You're just giving uh, pearls of advice for Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. It's all tweetable. Yeah. Can you follow me around and just, like... I would totally do that if you would pay me. Well, minimum wage is going up, so I can't afford it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I have two um, two questions. One's a follow up, or or like a reverse of the other one. So, um, if you could 
write a postcard to your past self for college, pre-college, what would you write to yourself, knowing what you know now? I would say... Hmm... Work hard. Don't stress about the little things. Do what makes you happy and not, I don't know. Those are all very, like, <laughs> emotional things, but I think it's all very true. Do what you want to do and not because your parents tell you to or not because someone recommends it to you. Because, I mean, I feel like I do design and I feel like a lot of people do design because they love it. And they, it, it, it's fun, you know? So, I mean, that's why I'm doing it. So that's what I would say. And the follow-up is, what would you write to yourself in four years? I hope everything you did paid off. <laughs> <laughs> hope you didn't suck at the end. Hope you didn't suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe. I hope that you're still doing design. I hope you didn't give up. I mean, not that I've like felt like that I wanted to give up, but there's times that I have been very frustrated with what I'm doing. And I think, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to be un under constant criticism and, you know, realizing that I'm never good enough and I can always be better? Like, do I want to put myself through that? And I guess I do. <laughs> so. Is there anything that you hope that you'll remember? that you've learned now that you'll keep with you for four years? I'm trying to think. There's a, there's a saying that my parents always say, and I can't think of it right now. In the end, everything will work out. Or, um, Oh, gosh, why can't I think of it? And I've told you this before, too, and I'm like, this is what my parents always say, and I try to listen to it, but I, I can't think of it. But it's, it's something to that extent where you just have to relax, realize that you shouldn't be stressing out about what's happening right now because in the end it'll all work out even if you can't see it right now and maybe don't just kind of waddle through life be be conscious about how much you know and always try to like take on little things that can make you be a little bit better you just have i feel like you just have to work really hard i think that for me at least that's what i tell myself is that you just you just have to work really hard and if you don't, if you don't feel like you're working hard enough, then work harder. I guess I don't know. I mean, that's that sounds very like finger wagging, but I I don't know if this is true or not. But I think being from the Midwest, people are hard workers, and I think that I think I've seen that with like my parents and with my sister, and I think that has influenced me a lot. So that was a lot of tangents and a lot of. It's, cool. That's what I it's a long postcard. It's a, it's a really long postcard. It's like a double-sided postcard and yeah. stapled with another page. <laughs> <laughs> it's like on Twitter, you know, where you where someone posts like a paragraph of information. And they say one of one, two of two, mm -hmm. or one of yeah, whatever. So, so I have one last question for you. Who else should we interview? Our idea is that episode. Two mm -hmm. will be the person that you recommend. Oh. And then episode three will be the person that episode two recommended. That's smart. I would recommend Jessica Frangello. Why? She is um, a graphic designer from PLU who just graduated in the same year as I. Um, I feel like she would have a lot of really good things to say, and she has a good, a, a good personality could, that could answer good questions. So I would recommend her. I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask the first question. What, what is it that we should ask her, or what do you want? What do I want to ask her? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get really flustered when I answer questions, and I feel like she doesn't. She is so direct in what she knows, which I really like. So something that caters to that, something that um, I think you have to ask her really hard questions. I think that would be really good. But um, do you have a hard question? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, there's a bunch. I would ask her, like, what would be your ultimate job in the design world? What made you want to become a graphic designer? Because she was some, she was a lot of other things before. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. 
Any questions for us? What advice would you give to someone who just graduated with a design degree? Any advice, whether it be design or life, life wisdom? Well, I can, I can speak <laughs> from almost with uh, things I wish I would have known type of response is that I one thing I don't I felt like I was when I was working in college I felt like I was constantly working towards this um, like this achievement which you are but then when I graduated I had this feeling like oh I'm here now where is it yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and then looking back on it I realized that that was just the beginning in that that was when like the real work started and that was when um i don't know like i wasn't gonna go out and do exactly what i wanted to do find the perfect job right away and i still needed to kind of sit in the shit for a while and not to say that like anything i did was like super shitty it was just like I was I was I was conscious and I'm still conscious that like every day I don't do exactly everything I want to do and I don't know if that will ever end but very similar to what we've talked about before is like you're on that constant search for perfection and just knowing that you're at the beginning of that search and and the beginning of that search is probably a little yeah. shitty. So. But like that that hit me like a brick wall. Yeah. Because I I hadn't thought of that at all before the day I graduated. Um, and so it was a really hard realization. JP? I was looking for a tweet that I had sent out or that SOAC had sent out <clears throat> um, during graduation. They had asked us that question, the faculty. What, what are some tips? And, and one of the one that I have, which is like short and sweet, and I think it's, it's really true, and I, I wrote it off the cuff. I was just writing things down, and I'm like, ah. <gasps> This is so true. Um, it is that you need to remember to save for retirement, for your future, for investments, whatever. And as you're constantly working on projects. <laughs> as you're constantly working on projects, you need to save as you're doing work. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yes. oh, yes. File, yeah, yeah. save. It's yes. a much smaller scale. Yes. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yes. so um, I just you. Uh, you need to um, you need to learn how to save money. You need to um, know how to spend money correctly and the things that you need and, the, and on quality things. Um, I don't think that you have any problem with that. You always seem to have like, you're always well put together and you have like beautiful things, you know, you, you know that. And, and the other one is you need to um, serve or to contribute to the things that you care most about. Um, whether that be in um, a religious organization or other types of social organizations with friends and family or, or what have you, learn to contribute to society. And uh, I, it was much more elegant on, on Twitter. So if anyone finds it, it's, it's uh, awesome. <laughs> but um, I think those are pieces of advice is that as an adult, it's important to, uh, to give back. It's also important to contribute, but it's also important to make the right decisions that's in essence what the being an adult is i guess a big kid yikes <laughs> yeah anyway well thank you for coming and talking with us today thanks i hope that what i said was useful to someone <laughs> was it useful to you yes i mean like i said it's good to be introspective and to realize what i'm saying and have those personal thoughts about what you really feel so i guess it was helpful for me so i hope it's helpful for other people as well cool. yeah thank you yeah thank you yeah thank you so you want to record an intro mm -hmm.